Zelda Fitzgerald's life was made for story. It had page-turning qualities even before Zelda and Scott amended it for the legend. The tale begins with the indisputably thespian timing of her birth, which coincided with the start to the new century. Later, she saw the dramatic possibilities of a life that paralleled an era. Even her name had already been fictionalized. When Zelda was born on Tuesday, 24 July 1900 at 5.40 a.m. in the Sayers House on South Street, Montgomery, her 40-year-old mother, Minerva, herself named for a myth, was known locally as an avid reader. Perusing romantic novels, Minnie had twice run across the unusual name Zelda. In Jane Howard's 1866, Zelda, A Tale of the Massachusetts Colony, the heroine was a beautiful gypsy. In Zelda's Fortune, written in 1874 by Robert Edward Francillian, the second Zelda, again a gypsy, could have been placed in no imaginable situation without drawing upon herself a hundred stares. Francillian's line could have been written expressly for Zelda Sayre. Zelda's rhapsodic looks matched her artistic temperament. Her hair, long and loose, was that blonde color that's no color at all but a reflector of light. And it was the light-hearted Makins, her sunny mother's relations, that Zelda took after, while her brother and sisters were dark like her father's temperament and Montgomery's history. Zelda always said that her hometown's controversial history strengthened her, although, or perversely because, prolonged civil war tore the South apart and massacred an entire generation of Southern men. Montgomery citizens were proud that a nation had been born there. Today, more than half a century after Zelda's death, they still are. Montgomery was the cradle of the Confederacy, and its first flag had been raised from the staff at the state capitol. In Zelda's girlhood, ghosts of the late Confederacy drifted through sleepy oak-lined streets. The Civil War, the defining historical event of the Deep South, still vibrated in people's minds. It created a distinctive Southern culture often at odds with itself and the country. During this bloodletting of 1861 through 1865, the Confederate states in the South fought to maintain certain rights, not least the rights of the states as opposed to the federal government to determine law on the institution of slavery, the mainstay in the South of an agricultural plantation economy. Thus, the South ran counter to the moral beliefs of its time in perpetuating slavery, just when the rest of the Western world was decisively giving it up. In Zelda's birth year, only 35 years after slavery was abolished in America, the secret heart of the South still carried an uneasy but powerful sense of the rightness of its 19th century position on slavery, according to some historians. In adolescence, Zelda saw period advertisements which proved lynching, mutilation, and the mark of the branding iron had been incontestable methods by which black field hands and house servants were kept in check. But what Zelda heard was that these shocking brutalities disturbed the élan of the white Montgomery families less than the tragedies that had befallen their own brave youths. For in this volatile environment, the resentments of the blacks were stifled beneath the white romanticization of antebellum plantation life built on slavery. In her childhood, Zelda never questioned the fact that the respectable white families with whom she mixed had been instrumental in upholding laws that penalized Negroes. In her own family, her father, Judge Sayre, had even created such laws. Zelda's daughter, Scotty, later wrote, I am sorry to say that while he was a just man, known for his unshakable integrity, he was probably one of the sturdiest pillars of the unjust society. He was author of the Sayre Election Law, 
which effectively prevented Negroes from voting until the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So he was one of the heroes of the established order. But then if you weren't, in those days and in this place, you would have been an outlaw from society. What Zelda learned from the judge and her mother, Minnie Sayre, was that Southerners were fanatical about their Southern beauties, the chivalry of their Southern gentlemen. Union General Sherman's devastating raids, which were instrumental in the Confederacy's defeat. Because she came from an old, established white Southern family, she understood the symbolism of the South's luxuriant blossoms which atrophied into perfumed decay. She grew up acutely aware that casualty and spoilage could always occur at a moment of great promise to any of the young men who courted her.